Show presents Scratch It Trailer. The podcast where we debate which track to scratch off some of the most known and unknown albums of all time. We live in an era of singles. This is an album. People no longer listen to an album for the work it truly is. It kind of defines a band. It's just not something that people relate to nowadays. We've all gotten the dreaded. Started out as a game. Which track on the album would would you scratch out if you had to? Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratch the Track podcast presented by the Dune Grim Show and co-produced by IVEST. I am the dude. And I am Grim, and we are going to discuss today my favorite album by Queens Ooh. of the Stone Age, and that is Era Vulgaris. Hold it up, because I have not picked that up on vinyl. When I went, dude, they just had that... Um, the dual vinyl of like the seven inch one, and I was like, I don't want, I want that one. You want the big one, you and it's got all the one. songs, it's got all the songs, awesome. and it's on one disc. Yeah, that's that's what I want. That's so, so tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Yeah, that's that pretty be cool. Ear of all Garrison uh, on 101 disc. Mm-hmm. Got a nice little fold out thing. Yeah, the artwork is pretty cool. They they talk about the artwork it's too. It's very interesting. Yeah. I really like how these the light bulbs are kind of characterized as like these things that you thought were really good ideas, but turns out they're like not such then, good ideas. Uh, I think that's yeah, funny. So this yellow one is called Bulby, and this mm-hmm. one is called Stumpy. <laughs> For obvious reasons. You didn't you didn't know that. So. Yeah. So this is your favorite Queens of the Stone Age album, huh? Yep, it is. Um, what, what what about it? Do you, I guess, ranks it above okay. sort of the other ones? Um, I think it has the most distinct overall sound out of all of them, even though every song does not fall in um, to the... To the category of having that sound, I think overall it it kind of sticks with the sound. And if I were to characterize the sound by the name of one song on the album, that would be Battery Acid. Because, dude, the album just sounds like just battery, just like just like burning holes through things. And um, see, that's. It's grimy. It's it's yeah. just distorted. It's nasty as hell, dude. To, to me, and this is the way I describe a lot of the songs on the album. It has a very machine like, oh yeah, mechanical like grinding sort mm-hmm. of feel feel to it. It it, it really does. Um, now, did you again, read about the not, inspiration not for all this the songs? One? Yeah, I and I thought it was cool because "Songs for the Deaf" was inspired by him driving from L.A out to his ranch right yeah and then this is just, or i think yeah, opposite ahead. opposite or no 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 you're right it does start no. in la because he's like la's infinite repeat yeah yeah yeah, yeah going out what? driving out Rancho to the desert. De luna yeah and so this one is basically like a take on just driving down hollywood boulevard hollywood. and kind of yeah. seeing just the uh the filth that is no doubt there the lifestyle yeah and Dude, I also, I think the name is great, but what surprised me is that it actually meant it was a Latin or the Latin trend or the English translation of the Latin is like the modern era. 
Right. But I think that I, I read that Josh Homme liked it even more because to him it just sounded more like the vulgar era, which is, you know, kind of where we oh. are. <laughs> Not only where we are, but then, you know, and sorry to all you people out there in L.A. and La La Land, but like that sort of really culminates the, the Hollywood entertainment yeah. materialistic scene. It just that's. That's America. All the bullshit rolled into one place, right? I mean, pretty pretty much. Well, I thought it was cool. I mean, this is, I don't know, I don't know where I would rank this. Uh, I think Like Clockwork is my favorite Queen's album, then Songs of the Deaf, and then probably this one. Um, But my lists are always, rankings are always changing and stuff. Um, But I, this is, this is one of the first ones I actually got into. I mean, Songs for the Deaf and this one are the first couple I got into because I think it was like I'd heard into the hollow and make it with you. Yeah. And and I was like, I was like, Oh, those are cool. I like those songs and and everything again, very different than I think the rest of the album. But um, you know, those are ones that really caught my ear like initially. And that's before I even really started getting into Queens of the stone age. I just, you know, I just wasn't into sort of harder stuff at the time, I think. And then, you know, then I started really getting into this. album. Well, when I got into them, I just went to, at that time, the CD store, and I had downloaded their self-titled one that I I liked, uh, and I figured, this is going to be a band that I'm really going to like, so I'm just going to pick a couple of albums up and see. Oh, nice. And so when I went, the only ones that they had were songs for the... They had a live album, I think, that's like Over the Years and Through the Woods or something. And then yep. they had they had songs for the deaf, and they had lullabies to paralyze. So I picked those two up, and I really liked both of them. Um, sure. But then once I heard this one, I was kind of like, "Oh man, this is um, this is like kind of my favorite." Lot. And then the rest, I think, uh, I was like, came out. You know, I, I bought them as they came out because right, I knew right. they were coming out. <clears throat> gotcha. Well, it's, you know, Queens of the Stone Age is interesting. I mean, it's always, you know, Josh Homme, but there's been a lot of other people have been in and out through sort of through the years. Mm-hmm. And I heard that even as they were getting ready to record this album, they were going to have a lot of, you know, other musicians or guest musicians and stuff kind of come in. And, you know, his his Desert Sessions has also been pretty well documented where he's just, you know, goes to his, I guess, his ranch and his studio out there and invites a bunch of different people. Well, I don't they, think that's his ranch. Along. I think that's Dave Catchings. But, like, oh, okay. there's a bunch of guys who we'll talk about, or, I mean, maybe we'll just talk about him now, but Elaine Johannes and Chris Goss, who have, like, kind of been in that desert scene, and he's worked with on a lot of stuff, like Desert oh, Sessions stuff. and, like, back, I think, in the days when he was in Caius. And and yep. Dave Catching, the dude who uh, owns Ranch De La Luna, Right, okay. that's, um, and yeah, they that's, go that's, out that's there that that uh, episode that you told me about of Anthony Bourdain's show. They go yeah. out to the ranch and and they're like they're recording the theme song for the show or something. It's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Well, and you know, I, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about this track, but Trent Reznor was supposed to appear like yes. on the album, and I think be more involved. And he actually does get involved, and is really funny. The self titled track doesn't even make the album kind of like you know houses of the holy for led zeppelin they're like no we'll just hold off and put on physical graffiti 
I know. Well, and and that's funny you bring that one up because, yeah, I I shared that one with you because back in the days when I would, like, download stuff, I downloaded this album and it had that. And um, I I saw that that wasn't on the album. And the other, which is crazy because, to me, that's better than maybe one or two songs that they did choose to put on the album. Yeah. And another one that I guess was on the Japanese like bonus edition release is called mm-hmm. the fun machine took a shit and died. Dude, I don't know if you I had the chance too. to listen to that song. I didn't, I did not Dude, get to listen to it's it. It's awesome. It's I, I really like that song to me. Um, you could re- yeah, that, that one. Yeah. And what's interesting to me about that is that that was kind of packaged. I think it was also on a single. It was like the B side of one of the singles they released too, okay. like in the U S Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at the cover right here for Lullabies, Lullabies. to Paralyze by yeah. Queens of the Stone Age. And this one came out in. This is before this one, I think. I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you can look it up. But either way, mm-hmm. it did come out before that. And in in the, the jewel case here, it lists all the songs on here. But there's an extra song. Um, after the last song, and it says, The Fun Machine Took a Shit and Died. And then below it, it says, um, Was lost or misplaced. There is a reward for the return of said tapes. So, like, they, and I don't know if the version that we've heard of that song, that they re recorded it, or they found the tapes that they reference uh. in this album release. Well, so it says Lullabies was 2005. This is 2007. Yeah. Here. So it's very uh, possible that that was recorded kind of during that time and then they were going to do something with it. And I, I just thought right. that was cool that they put that in the actual kind of liner notes for, for the album. That is pretty cool. Well, so the, the Era Vulgaris track, again, it's not, it's not on the U.S. North American, but... I believe it's a actual it uh, they had bonus tracks and so it did make it on the Japanese, Australian, New Zealand and UK version of of their release. But there's a they they have a bunch of different sort of releases. So did you see what the Canadian version had on it? It's got dude, it's got a cover of Elliot Smith's Christian Brothers, which I thought yeah. was really interesting and would love to hear that. Uh, and Needles White in the Wedding Ca- by Billy yeah, and White Idol. White, Needles in the Camel's Eye by Brian Eno, and then White Wedding by yeah Billy Idol. That's I, I I would like to hear all their versions of all of those. Christian Brothers really kind of threw me off though because yeah. that's off I believe Elliot Smith's debut album, and that's primarily yeah. acoustic. Yeah, um, so it would I'd be really, interesting really to hear like, what they do with that, and I'd like to yeah. hear the the remix fe- that featuring Trent Reznor of Ira Vulgaris. Although I felt like the version that I'd heard of that, I feel like he's in the background there. Yeah, but, I, I, well, I, I think not. he is. But then there, on one of the CDs, there's like somebody else, there's like an alternative mix, or I guess there is a remix or whatever. So it's like, I don't know, maybe they, he's more prominent in that or, you know, yeah. something else is. But, um, and but it sounded like. Tom West at some point uh, going out west, or Tom mm. Tom Tom Waits. Tom Waits. Tom West. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I thought was was interesting um, this this album I think took about ten months to record. Yeah, and it sounded like they were writing it and sort of working on it in the studio. And I think the there was 
a couple of songs that they're only, I want to say two that they had. Um, yeah, I think maybe it was into the hollow was one and then make it with you was on one of the desert sessions and they yeah. had a different version. Nine and 10. And I now think, yeah, yeah, it was nine and 10. And so those songs had, I think previously existed, but then the rest of the album, they basically wrote and just recorded in the studio and man, that's got to take some time. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. If, you, if you just go in there with a, I mean, it's cool to go in with a blank slate and you're kind of with your musicians, but that's also got to, I, I imagine that can be frustrating at, at times and, and not easy for, for a lot of yeah. bands, especially if you're kind of dependent maybe on one person to, to really do a lot of the, I don't know, writing, but it sounds like they had a good creative process for this one. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, despite taking a while, but yeah, if that's your job and you can do that, I mean, who cares? That's awesome. Sounds pretty badass to me. I didn't watch any of the (laughs) videos. I read that there were some videos out there where they're like in Mm -hmm. the studio, which I do wish I would have watched. Those with threes and sevens. Well, yeah, I mean, they did videos for, uh, what is it? Is it uh, Six Six Six? Uh, make it with you and threes and sevens. I've seen Six 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 video because that's a proper music video, if I recall. Yeah, I, all, all three of them are like proper music videos. Oh, okay. They did do sort of these. And if you go to Queens of the Stone Age, like their YouTube channel and you scroll, it's pretty much the f- first couple of videos I think they ever released. If They, they kind of did these teasers of the kind of the album and they had like in-studio footage for like, I mean, it's very short, very, yeah. very short and just snippets of songs and stuff like that. But it is cool. I see them in the studio and kind of just like, playing stuff and working out and everything, but it's not, it, there's nothing overly in depth. Um, yeah, sure. There, I, I did find doing like sort of like a Google or a, a YouTube search an interview that Josh Homme did uh, on the radio where he does go track by track and kind of talks about each song, oh. um, which, which is, which is kind of cool. And I got some good, hopefully some good little nuggets that people will find interesting here. So I thought, uh, you know, you had talked about how he wanted to have a lot of people on this and only a few ended up showing up. Um, I was surprised at Julian Casablanca's from the strokes that, that one surprised yeah. me. Mark Lanigan has been on other stuff and he was the main vocalist on some of the songs mm-hmm. on uh, songs for the deaf even. Right. And lullabies right. to paralyze. Um, so that one wasn't as much of a shock. Now Billy Gibbons, uh, one of the guy, the guitarists from ZZ Top, um, yeah, who's on Lullabies, right? I think so, and I think he's he, also he, on the, the Desert Section that or the Desert Sessions one that I have, the newer one, eleven yeah. and twelve, I think it is, and <laughs> yeah. uh, he's on that one. And the song that he does is is awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I think a I lot think of that's scheduling cool. issues that they had. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have expected those two to work together, but I think it's really cool that they they kind of have and continue to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said with Mark Lanigan, I think in the interview that I was listening to, he basically said that Mark is he just loves working with him, and he's like, yeah, he can just kind of come and go as as he pleases. Like, like yeah. it doesn't seem like he has like a big issue with it, you know. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, you no, know, you want to come in today, and you know, whatever. Um. Well, should we get into the tracks here, Grim? Yeah, I suppose that uh, that would be the right thing to do. I think before we do get in the tracks, though, we should have everyone who's made it this far make sure to go ahead and give us a like, subscribe, and comment below. Definitely let us know what you think about uh, this album. Uh, it's 
it's one of our favorites this is one of our favorite bands um and it's uh yeah i'm looking forward to uh talking about some of the tracks on here but let us know some of your you know if you guys got favorite tracks or what you think of the music videos or if there's certain tracks that maybe you think don't fit what would those be i don't know i don't know yeah so uh all right grim first track turning on the screw um i mean dude i i love the it's almost like beach boys style thick harmonies but like really dark you know how it comes in yeah sure absolutely i i the way it starts is just amazing man oh and then that synth that dirty Uh and i didn't realize i didn't know what exactly they did for that until i saw a live video of them and he had he had something, uh, this Moog is called the Sub-37, but there was one that came out before them that was built within the same body, but it, okay. it could do like a few less things, and the name of its escape, uh, I think it was called a little fatty, and the guy's on that little fatty, and he just makes that, eh, ear, and then bends it, yeah. I mean, and it just, that's such an awesome way to start it, I, I really, yeah. I like that. And yeah, I love so, the the lyrical reference to Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I missed that. What was Dude, that? Dude, put the lotion say? in the basket. The basket. <laughs> yeah. Put the lotion in the basket. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's a good one. Yeah, so for me these the the first 3 songs on this album have a very sort of similar feel and that's what I was talking about this sort of like factory machine like kind of i don't know just yeah. just vibe and in, in, in grinding there's a real rawness to it i think um, even more well six 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 i would definitely say that but dude misfit love too is just the way that is very oh, mechanical yeah, yeah. but i know what you mean oh, no, these no. three are right yeah. in a row yeah that's what i'm talking yeah. about yeah 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 um so yeah the next one six 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 and this is the one that um you just talked about uh the dude from the strokes uh julian, julian uh, casablanca yeah, but then they talked um, in the interview I listened to. Josh Homme talked about like the uh, I forget who it was, but used the the Casio digital guitar on the song. On this oh song. yeah, I've seen the dude. Those are kind of trippy. Like, there's part yeah. of me where I kind of want one because I've seen some yeah. YouTube videos of people playing them, and to think about what you could do with that thing. Well, that's the thing. And Josh Homme was like, "Yeah, he's like, it's kind of this weird." dorky little oh yeah but he's like but he's like you get some really cool sounds out of it yeah it is dude to look at it it is super dorky but when i saw it and saw somebody playing it i was like i could really have fun with that thing and to think of just the pure like manipulation possibilities of the sound would be fun yeah well it's funny so in the interview josh homie kind of said he the song is sort of about it's hard to make decisions. And, and again, like, I don't know, looking through the lyrics and, and stuff, I couldn't find direct, a lot of direct correlations, but he was basically, he says it, it's hard to make decisions because there's always new information. And so what people kind of do and what we do in life is, you know, we like to sample all the options. Like, it's like, Oh, I'm going to try, I'm going to buy this thing or you, you're going to do something. So, you know, Oh, but there's like five different versions or five different, companies yeah. that make it so oh, i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna try all of them but he's like he's like our generation is it's it's all about the sampling <laughs> yeah sure instead of instead of it's actually like said, the, dude, the, beer the, fights. 
the final one that you yeah exactly yeah it's you like don't you don't just order a pint of one that sounds good you want to know what they all no, taste like you want five exactly yeah, but little ones so uh, little ones um but yeah this song is uh dude it's uh again like it's just kind of a straight freaking rock song but oh dude it has this it has this like pounding drive and when i was listening to it yeah. i was like i was like like if this song was having sex it wouldn't be making love that is a very good way to put it. It's kind of like when they have that scene in the movie Belly and one of the people in Belly is Nas and the other one is DMX. Tell me which one of those dudes in that scene is is doing it 666 style. It's definitely yeah. DMX. Definitely. But anyways, so. one thing I want to say, and you, you hear it in a lot of songs, but you really notice it when the drums come in on turning in the screw. And then, of course, this goes to 666. But like... Yeah. They are so, the drums are grimy. Like, they almost don't even sound like audio recordings of drums because they just, they just, like, sonically <laughs> destroyed them. And another thing, too, that I like about Queens of the Stone Age the, when they do stuff is... Um, rarely do you hear a whole lot of cymbals and their drum beats. Just think about that when you listen to it sometime. It's mainly just like the pounding of the kick and the snare and, you know, which goes along with what you just said. Going to pound just pounding, yeah. Just pounding. What up, champ? Yeah. Um, so, and I don't know, uh, this is one of the ones that has a music video, and it's kind of a trippy music video. They're like, it's shot, and they're like in this old church, and there's a woman sitting at like a table while they're in front, like playing and they're like chained up and they, you know, keep bringing food out and she keeps ringing this bell. And then I don't know, she, I don't know. She's like eating them or what's consuming. Yeah, I know it's, it has this weird, weird kind of thing to it. Um, but, uh, interesting video. I'll say that. Yeah. I'll say that. So, um, I am designer, dude. I am designer. One of my favorites on the album. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it it really it's funny cuz knowing now that this album has a lot to do with that LA culture, I just I could see a lot of this really just takes a dump on all the pretentious folks who just think they are so original and amazing and unique and, you know. Yeah. Uh, never again will I repeat myself. Enough is never enough. You know, I'm one of a kind of your book. Push. I am designer. Yeah. Push a silver spoon in your ass. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, Josh Homme, he did say he's like, this song is kind of like, uh, he called it a declaration of like codependence. And it's, it's almost sort of this, this thing he said, where it was like, he, he said, he's like, ah, you know, he's like, I don't understand. Is gluttony good or is it is is gluttony bad or is it red? Is what he said. <laughs> He's like being an elitist is terrible if I'm not included. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know? Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, is money the root of all evil? But I kind of need it. Yeah. So it's it, yeah. Got to well, play dude. The it's game. funny that the the notion you just said. Um, there's uh, we're gonna do an album I think in the near future called "We All Belong" by Doctor Dog. Mm-hmm. And dude, they have this great line in one of my my favorite song on the album where he just says, "Even gluttons got to eat." Like, I, that's right. I, I like that, and dude, it kind of like goes with like, that sentiment. 
So I always say like, like I'm, I'm not against vegetarians or anything, but I always say, Hey, even broccoli screams when you pull it from the ground. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So, all right. Track number four into the hollow. Now I was going to do, um, a little thing to talk about something in that song. And that is the first bit of sounds you hear. And yeah. they said that he played a hollow body uh, electric, I guess, on this song. And a lot of times mm-hmm. with hollow body electrics, the way that the strings are mounted up through the bridge, there's these spaces like this acoustic that I'll have. And I'll show you in this video, like right about now. And as you can see, now, now. the fact that there's space there at a lot, like the, the strings, the little bits of string that go between where they come out, they, they have notes. And so whatever guitar he has, has those three notes, which are basically a low octave, a fifth and an octave to get that repeated, dun, uh, One, two, three, four, uh, uh, you know? Yeah. But it's it, that that sound is eerie and distinct, and I think kind of uh, makes the, you know, it, it, it kind of makes the sound. It does. Well, this I I have always really liked this song. Um, I I feel like it does kind of break up the album a little bit. Um, it still has. I will say it still has the. Um, what I'll refer to again is sort of the machine like feel. Yeah, it does. In, in in a sense because it has the repetition. I know. That is it, is constantly going. And I going think that was background. cool because they did tone it way down but there was still yeah, something but it's still there. And what was there was still kind of fuzzy and kind of, you know, it still had a little bit of grime to it. It's a different kind of machine. Welcome to to the machine. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Now, I would argue um the most mechanical song to me um the in in the way it starts it's just like a big like five ton hydraulic press in a factory just do but even you know and here's the thing yeah in, yeah oh it's it's so great and it's so great to have that come after into the hollow because it is yeah. such a stark contrast but josh Hami did say he was like yeah this song is the best representative song of the album i would agree i would absolutely agree with that dude yep yep and it's uh dude i am designers up there on my list this i would say is above it yeah dude i love the line in there too where he's like here there ain't even no good bad drugs like that that is a good line dude that's really good well he said kind of the, the the thought behind this song was it was about the experience of the people who who came from the desert and they mm-hmm. could, coming into the city just kind of like he did, you know, coming into L.A. and just like rolling in into the city and just kind of looking at the people who are, you know, on Rodan yeah. Drive and all this stuff kind of saying, like, wait until you get a load of me. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> and there's there's also that line in the song where he says in the city, is it true? If you don't, you act like you do, you know, kind of that. Dude, that's awesome. I really yeah. like that. See, I've listened to this. I mean, I could, yeah, I listened a to lot. it a few times today and I was just, mm-hmm. I just knew all, you know, you know, all the words to the songs. Like, I don't even have sure. lyric sheets up or anything. You just remember them. Nice. Battery Acid. The title that, that describes the music so perfect. Dude, it's pretty sweet, man. Yeah. 
I mean, just naming a song battery acid. It just yeah. has, and it sounds it, it like a, it. It has such a visual kind of, yeah. You just like bubbling, it, right? corroding through metal, you know, but I, yeah. I like how it does get into that like slow part where the guitars are very strummed and you know, it, it, it does have an interesting breakup in there. Yeah, that is really, that part is, re- I, I almost feel like it's really strange. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. Oh, it's, for it's, sure. Because the way it goes back and forth, it has almost an, a strange, almost incoherent feel to it a little bit. Because yeah. it, it does, it softens it up for a second. Um, but it's, yeah, it's almost unsettling a little bit. Kind of the, the like it doesn't flow Oh, I find naturally. the other part of it very unsettling. Like how yeah. it starts. It's just, it's, it's very abrasive and abrupt. Yeah. And you're kind of like, whoa. Yeah, dude, this song is literally all over the place. Yeah. And then they really break up the album. Really really break break it up. Make it with you. Coming back from the uh, Desert Sessions. Now, one thing I like, and I wish they would have done this, is I believe on the Desert Sessions one, he has PJ Harvey on there. I guess in this instance, he had his wife on there, which or his former wife now, but um, which which is cool, too. But I just, you know, PJ... From what I heard is that, um, and maybe their voices sound very similar, but I heard the Desert Sessions version, it's Mark Lanigan singing it. Oh, no, no. I didn't mean the main vocals. I meant some of the other uh, vocals that are in there. But yeah, I think that could be very well be the case. Um, I'd have to listen back to it, but that could, uh, because he kind of, the way he sings it is kind of like I would imagine Mark Lanigan singing it. Mm Mm-hmm. Honestly, definitely. Um, the video itself, well, because even like Josh Homme was like, you know, it's um, he's like, it's the most. What do you say? He's like the most real and heartfelt song he's been able to play. Like about screwing is basically yeah. Like what, I, I can see that what it is, and he was like, you know, it just kind of encapsulates wanting to be with someone, you know, anytime, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, video is is cool because they're out in the desert like at the ranch and they're the band's just out there playing like in the ranch and so like for the first half of the song they're just it's like you got your standard music video and then like and then uh, kind of throughout the video as it goes along like couples come up to kind of like where they're playing and then they're just kind of like hanging out and having drinks and then people just start like making out with each other and everything oh that's funny funny. i haven't watched that one but i have seen a video of a really good live recording they do this and i like he's like totally debonair looking in a suit with his hair all done and it's kind of funny nice dude that's cool i like that gotta check that out um so the first single off the album threes and threes and sevens good song I think they asked him the interviewer asked him like he was like why did you choose that name of that song or why did you choose that as the name he's like he's like oh because they're both prime numbers <laughs> that's pretty and he's funny like, and and he was like and it feels like we're in our prime uh, that's pretty awesome that yeah. that is cool yeah um yeah what is that yeah, only definitely. evenly divisible by one or themselves isn't that the definition of a prime number i think i, th- I think so maybe yeah, Somebody only below. evenly divisible Let by. Us know. Like, yeah. subscribe, and comment below. Um, but yeah, the album definitely picks up like right after you know, make it with you with this again. Um, yeah, and dude, now okay, 
I'm, I'm not going to get myself in too deep of trouble here because again, I'm not a musician and I don't know anything about it, but I do know how to listen to it. I'm, I, I can do that. Okay. Um, it's good. So the, so that kind of guitar strumming riff and everything uh-huh. in the way it starts and it plays throughout the song too, but the strumming pattern, there's parts of it that really remind me of smells like teen spirit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just, just the key. You know I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's like, like, I yeah. don't know anything about the chords or I, I, that could be close, same, not at all, but just sort of that strumming pattern. I almost thought you were going to say song two by blur. Cause there's, so, there's, there's, mm. there's something about that too, but I, I would say teen screen. Even more. I, all right. All right. I could see that. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, the music video for this is kind of trippy. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Death Proof. Um, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. I've that never he, heard of the movie Death Proof. Okay. Well, Quentin Tarantino did it. But okay. it's he it was like very kind of his low budget, uh a very low budget movie. And there's I mean Kurt Russell's in it, but there's really no stars, or at least at the time there weren't any people who were really known. I don't know, maybe Zoe Kravitz is in it, I'm not sure, but um I've only seen it a few times in it's definitely like if I'm ranking all the Quentin Tarantino movies, that's definitely a kind of in the back. Um, but the music video for it, uh, for the music video for this song really reminds me of like the way that movie was shot and some of the sequences. Oh, interesting. And it has to do with kind of cars and stuff. And it's got these like four badass chicks and they're in a car and they're kind of like fighting. But it's almost like a like they start doing like kind of credits at the end. And so it's almost like a, uh, almost like a movie trailer for like an old B movie or TV show or something like that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So anyways, it's, I thought it was kind of a cool, different, different type yeah, of video. To I'll do. Have to check that out. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Suture. Number future, dude. I, I, I for oh, into the hollow though, I guess then this would be my second favorite slow one on it. I, I love kind of the electric piano vibe, and I and I, I also really like how at the end of it they're playing those slightly, I'm going to say very very slightly dissonant chords, and they just kind of play that over and over and let it ring out. It's just a, it's just like a weird thing to make a transition on, but it does work. Yeah, I you know I I like I like this song a lot, and I feel like sort of. Um, the rhyming you know, is great, though. I would have never uh, thought the oh, rhyming was really that. good. Yeah, yeah, that is good. But kind of how I, in a weird way, sort of grouped the first three songs of the album. These last three songs, I kind of grouped together, sort of in in a way too. Um, wow, I cannot group the last two with this one. The last two, no. I dig you on, but this one does no, I definitely not go the with them at all to me. No, okay. Well. Um, Josh Homme said that he actually wrote this song. They were, I think they're playing a show and it was, they were overlooking Hyde Park and he saw, and for some reason he just started thinking about stuff and he felt like he had kind of shaken like the lead jacket of the year before. And like the interview asked him like, like, well, what is, you know, like what, what was like holding you down or whatever. And he was like, yeah. he was like, man, he was just like, we had so many like personal differences, like, in the band and it became more about like those personal differences than like the music itself. And he was like, you know, suture up your future. He was like, it was kind of about all of a sudden being more comfortable with, with what's been done. And like, let's, you know, let's take it and get it kind of get it together. So, Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Dude, River in the Road, I think, is maybe not as uh, abrupt, say, as when 666 comes in. Mm-hmm. But I find it as kind of abrupt how it just it it comes in like charging full steam ahead. Definitely. And the drum and, uh, pattern is is uh, really repetitive and, and aggressive yeah, at the same time. I, but again, I kind of not felt a lot of symbols. Yeah. I felt like it's like yeah, you're right. You're right. And definitely not a lot of symbols. But I, I felt like it's like this kind of like fast march. Like yeah, that's what yeah, the sure. drums kinda of, kinda of keep it going. Um and now he said that Mark Lanigan's the one singing on it, and I swear, the main like, vocals. I, yeah, that's what I he said. I can see that. Yeah, and but actually, that's the that thing. makes it's like, a lot of sense. I, I like can't tell. Like I literally, like I feel like their voices are just. I don't know when. It's yeah, weird. I see what you mean because, like you said, with "Make It What You Like," he sings it in a way where if you listen to that compared against the Desert Sessions one, it's not. It's not like a sea change apart. There's a lot of similarities in the delivery and everything. And I, I see that, like when he's kind of in the lower part, like where yeah. Mark, where Lanigan would sing. I, yeah, normally sing. That. Yeah, definitely. All right, last track. Run, run pig, pig, run! Hope Piggy can run. Um, this one, I think. You know how we were talking about how battery acid is kind of all over the place? This is very similar to that because they go into that other part where the guitar is just like, you know, it, it's in yeah. it, it does it get to kind of like a weird um, march. But I like the change. The, the change works for me. Like, the, even though it's, it's very abrupt and everything, the change... Uh, I'm okay with that. You're okay with it? I'm well, okay it was funny it. because Josh Hobby said that um like this song he had been listening to a lot of gypsy music, apparently. And I I and he That's says it, yeah. Um, Delivered and, in a much weirder way, but sure. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um God, what else did he say? He was like he had I think it was all the other songs. He was like he was like the this is the only, he said, at least to him, the only really rugged like song subject or the only rugged um, <laughs> song like subject wise um, where there's like a lot of anger. And he was like, it does he was sound like, that know, way. Yeah. And he was like, it was nice to, you know, let go, especially on an album. He said he was like, I guess for him, it's, um, you know, it's such anger, such an easy emotion to feel. Um it, uh, at least for him and so he was like yeah yeah it was it was nice to let that go for a lot of the album but then to have this song like you know kind of be able to bring bring that yeah back. sure yeah because it, it yeah i guess when you bring that up i mean a lot of the other ones maybe sound like they would be angrier but <clears throat> more observational in nature in nature so that's it all right folks this is the point in the show <laughs> where one, we pick our favorite songs, but also, as difficult as it is, we pick what song we would scratch. If we had if you to. had to. If you had to. So, Grim, what is your favorite song? Because I think you said, you, did you say Into the Hollow is one of them? Or? Uh, that's up there. That would be like probably top three. But, dude, I, Misfit Love, man. 
Is it? Okay. It is. Yeah. There's something about every time that starts. I like how it starts and it just builds and builds. Yeah. Yeah. I disagree with you. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I really love into the hollow. That was, I think the first song that I heard off this album that really, I don't know, just, I don't know, really got me. Yeah. I could. Um, yeah. I, I would so, agree. That was an early one for me. Yeah. So like I heard that song and that's the song that brought me into this album. So I really, really like that. Late, I do turning on the screw. I think is a oh, fucking badass I, way yeah. to start an album. Like that's incredible. Um, yep. <clears throat> you know those ones. You know, make it with you. I, I do like a lot. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's just a lot of good songs on this album that are, you know, have that just that raw machine feel. I don't know, man. I just it's kind of like I feel like I'm walking like room to room in like a factory or something and there's a bunch of, a bunch of different stuff building, going on but in it's each weird. Room. Yeah. 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 I don't know what they're building, but it sounds cool. Right. Dude, it kind of goes with that Tom Waits cover. What's he building in there? Dude. Oh yeah. Speaking of that, if you haven't just listen to the song, what's he building in there by Tom Waits and dude, I shit you not. It's basically like condensing the whole sentiment of the movie, the burbs into like a weird three minute spoken word soundscape song. I'm telling you, you'll love it. Like everything. Yeah. Oh, you hear the sounds, Uh, dude. I'm telling you, you, you will thank me for this. It is, it is the Um, burbs in a, in, in sonic format in three minutes. I want to hear Ruben. Need a little brother Theodore in my life. I know. No, nope. I mean they don't blow up the house at the end of the song and all that stuff. But I, it, you know, all right, life is home. Well, time to scratch, Grim. Yeah, dude. River in the road. Yeah. Oh, whoa, dude. I, I, in my opinion, you could have you could have put in either the song "Era Vulgaris" or, dude. I mean, mm. if they would have put the fun machine, took a shit and died in place of that. Forget about it over here. Yeah. So the thing for me, and you know, it's tough because I've I've never really, I don't know if I've ever listened to this album with with the context of obviously like the idea of our show. Like, if you had to scratch one, like what yeah. would it be? I gotta say, the two that stand out are "Make It With You" and "Into the Hollow" because I feel like they're oh, just because they, they're different. They, theme wise like feeling emotional I understand like yeah I, I don't you know you I could, could argue they don't and, make and a whole lot of sense those are in there ama- I, like I love them as standalone songs but if you pulled them out especially if you pulled those out and put in the two tracks that you just mentioned like you know this album has got like all the way through man it's it's pretty intense right yeah um yeah I agree. so I you know, I, just because I don't think it, and I love Make It With You, but I, I would probably have to scratch that one, which is really hard for me to say. Like, yeah. It just well, is. Because it's, it's it's all about the fit, man. If it fits, But you it know ships. what, dude? It's our show, and you're scratch, my man. So. It is. In this arena, well, everyone, do what you want. Do what you want. Well, everyone, please let us know below. What track you would scratch, as hard as it may be. It could be Make It With You. It could be Into the Hollow. It could be one of our favorites. Who knows? You yeah. might get some flack from all the fans. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Growing by the day. 
like, subscribe, and comment below. So with that, I think um, five, eight, seven. Um, I think we have officially scratched Steer of Algaris. We have. With a screw. Oh, driver. Yeah, definitely a flathead because I really want to dig in, you know. Oh, yeah. All right, kids. It is time to go. On what show? Show. Scratch track is produced by the Dude Grim. Additional music provided by Moore and the Tims. Copyright 2021. The Dude Grim Show.